Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by co-host Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Gian. Chad, Merry Christmas. I hope you had a, a, a fun time with your family. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Um, tell us one thing that you ate that you really enjoyed this, this past weekend, Chad. Oh, my goodness. Putting me on the spot here, Gian. Um, just uh, food in abundance, uh, you know. No, Not so much quality, no but the quantity. Yes, uh, <laughs> four, four meals a day, uh, just over eight for sure. And I uh, need to get on a little uh, discipline plan heading into the New Year's. Yeah, I, I served. We had two girls come over, um, two girls on the team come over for Christmas because they stayed here. Um, and I served them some chicken hearts because it's not a Brazilian meal unless there's chicken hearts involved. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. I'm up in, uh, in Dutch, Dutch land of Pennsylvania and ham balls is, mm. uh, is a classic. So uh, a little sweet, sweet and sour sauce on top, but some ham balls were, were delicious. That's, that sounds incredible. Um, Chad, this week's episode is a special one because it, it hits close to home. Um, our guest is Matt Warner. He is a play-by-play broadcaster here at Liberty. Um, he does all the football games um, on ESPN. He does basketball as well um, for Liberty. And he's been here for, for, for o- over half a decade here already at Liberty. And he's done a great job broadcasting all of Liberty's accomplishments the last few years. And I was thinking to myself, you know, if Liberty is doing all these great things, but there's nobody to tell that story. Does it really happen? And it's really happening because of people like Matt Warner and his staff um, and then the, the, the weekly show as well on ESPN uh, Plus that they have that broadcasts all of Liberty Athletics achievements and stuff. It's really cool. What did you like about this episode? Yeah, it was a fresh perspective uh, on what it means to be a Christian coach. You know, he has a different set of eyes sitting in a different seat and he's seen things as he travels uh, with Liberty's teams that that you and I maybe wouldn't get to see. And uh, I love that. And he really shares just two ways that his media team is impacting the school for Christ. Um, And I think there's a lot of correlations between um, him and his work and what he's pursuing and and a coach or or a banker or whatever we're doing. Um, So I think the Christian coaches are gonna pull a lot from this. And I mean, so much humor, uh, really fun, really fun story from being a pumpkin farmer to a hot dog shooter to getting to announce on ESPN. Are you kidding me? Um, we just uh, let him tell the stories. He's a great communicator, good storyteller, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Yeah, Chad, we, we don't want to wait any longer. We want to get you this episode and this interview right now. Matt Warner, thank you so much for coming on the Christian Coach Podcast. Such an honor to have you here. And hopefully I can do you justice now that you're on the other end of the interview. Right. I'm not used to answering the questions. I'm sweating a little bit. I'm excited to see how this goes. Um, Our first question is always, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? And you've worked now, not as a coach, but you've been um, interviewing and being alongside coaches here at Liberty and other places. What are some of the characteristics of good Christian coaches? Yeah, I think the first one that comes to mind is just a servant's heart, right? You think you think so much about coaches and players as it's kind of this like transactional relationship where it's like, all right, I recruit you, I bring you here, now you bring me wins, right? Now you do your job and we end up, you know, winning games or winning matches. But I think the best coaches I've been around and, and they all have happen to be Christian coaches as well, have that servant's heart where it's 
I'm trying to see how I can pour into you, how I can make you a better player, not because I just want the win, but because I want to see you succeed. And I, and I, I want to serve you and help you reach the goals that you have for yourself and the potential that, that you have and, and reach these maybe dreams that you've had for your entire life since you were a little kid. And so that kind of mentality, it's just so cool to see. And I've seen that with coaches, you know, obviously here at Liberty, I think about, you know, Coach McKay, I, one story I'll never forget. It was their, their first NCAA tournament three years ago. We're all on the bus. I'm traveling with them. We're in, I think we're in San Jose. And I look out the window and he's out there loading the gear onto the bus. Like they, somebody, they, somebody wasn't doing what they were supposed to or, or, or they were short somebody or we were just running behind. And so who jumps off the bus to go help? It's the head coach. It's like, okay, that, that's a servant attitude. And that's when you see people doing things like that. You know, it's not just lip service. It's not just what you say. And, you know, every, every coach will say, you know, we're a family where you all have all the coaching cliches, right? But to then see those things in action uh, impacts the people you're working with, impacts your players because they know, okay, this, this isn't just all talk. You really care about me. You really care about the program. You care about maybe the, the manager that, that's the lowest rung on, on the totem pole or whatever. Like you care about all of those people and you're willing to serve them. And I think that just, in a lot of ways, that's how you get the best out of your athletes. That's how they have the best experience that they could possibly have uh, in your program. And that's how they, they leave with uh, memories. Yeah. But also like life lessons. And hopefully like they've seen those examples that now they can take with them and they can serve others in whatever role or job or whatever they do, you know, the rest of their life. Yeah. How important is it? And you've been now, you know, in a background and you'd get to travel with the teams. We only see them on TV, right? right. We don't see them right. practice. We don't have meetings with them right before the games. Like, you yeah. know, we hear the press conferences, but they're only giving you the Bill Belichick answer most right. of the time. Right. You know? right. Um, how important is, is it for a coach to really live his values and here at Liberty, they're Christian values, you know, but um, right. in order to, to build their program in, in a wholesome way. I just think if you're fake, it comes out and, and, and you can't hide it. You just can't like, you know, being a coach, like you're with yeah. these players day after day, after day, you're with your assistant coaches day after day, after day, you can't hide it. So when they hear the press conferences, they hear what you're saying. And sometimes, you know, there've been programs we've seen over the years where all of a sudden all this stuff comes out from former players about the coach. And you're like, what? what? We saw that because we're only seeing the press conferences and, and that's, a, and they're like, no, 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 Here's what's really going on. And, and it just fractures everything. And, and I just don't think you can get the type of chemistry, camaraderie, all of that that you want and that successful teams and programs have. If, if you don't live it out, they like kids, kids and, and adults, but especially I feel like, like college high school kids, they see through the fake stuff. And, and they're like, why should I put it all on the line for you? if what you say and what you do don't match up. And yeah. that's, I mean, that's really, I think probably true in, in every aspect of life. You look for those people who are authentic and who are transparent and who, you know, you can, you can trust. And uh, when you see people that aren't like that, you're kind of like, ah, I don't know if I want to invest a whole lot of time in you. Yeah. I have a funny story. We early on in our careers here at Liberty, we got to bring our first blue chip recruit on an official visit. And that was huge. Yeah. Like we were nobodies and we were able to get a blue chip recruit here. And so 
we brought all like we did everything like the <laughs> yeah. ad came and played like just yeah. practiced it with her just hit a few <laughs> balls and yeah yeah and then we brought like we had powerade bottles in practice and we never had powerade this is before <laughs> liberty was big time you know yeah 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 um and we brought these gummies like gatorade gummies <laughs> and we're like oh yeah we have this every day you know right and our girls are looking at us like you know this we just had water <laughs> yesterday yeah. you know barely any water yeah uh, and ended up that she didn't choose us she went somewhere else but then a year later she actually transferred okay. to liberty you know yeah and first practice she's like hey where's the parade and where she remembered it you know <laughs> it was like oh no no no, that was just a one deal thing yeah, and yeah, the girls yeah. were like making fun of us in front of her um but that, that was a that, that was a funny story but at the end the girls realized it's like you know you know you're, you're just putting on a show right you know this is not the real liberty and that's not cool you know yeah um now now things, yeah, go ahead well i was gonna say i hear people say like whatever you you do whatever you're willing to do to get someone there you better be willing to do that <laughs> to keep them there you know what that's i mean true. it's like whatever wherever you set that bar that's like true. to get people in the door like they're gonna expect it to, yeah. to stay or get better yeah. if they want to keep you know if they're gonna keep coming back or if they're gonna yeah. stay so yeah no that's, it's true yeah now now we definitely shifted that around um we were very serious and very honest and open and we, you know, much better for us to get a no during the visit that they're like, Hey, this is not a place. Then we spent more, you know, months and months recruiting right. them. And then they say no later on. Well, and I think in at Liberty, right. You're very unique in that, you know, it's Christian school and, and all that. And you have that, that you can really focus on. But I think for any program, like you find what makes you unique, like you can go to any school and get, you know, yes, a lot of them have great facilities or, you know, you can get your Gatorade gummies, you know, <laughs> at another school, you know, those things like a lot of schools can have, yeah. but I think that's exactly it. Like being honest and be like, here's what we do. And here's what makes us unique. And it's not all the, the, the physical stuff, maybe, right. It, it's yeah. maybe how you pour into your athletes or, or, or the vision you have for your program or whatever. Like, I feel like, I feel like athletes respect that. Maybe yeah. they, yeah, maybe they won't yeah. come, maybe they still they, go yeah. someplace else. But at least they know, like, okay, you you laid it all out there. I can trust you. You were honest, and I, I do think that goes a lot yeah. further than a lot of the stuff you do to try to <laughs> show true. off for a recruit and, and those kind of things. Very true. So let now let's go back and talk a little bit how you got into broadcasting. Okay. Did you always want to be a broadcaster, or did you have dreams of being an actual player beforehand? Well, obviously, every kid you know dreams of playing. You know, so I grew up in Kansas City, huge Royals, Chiefs fan. I wanted to be you know a Kansas baseball City, player. Kansas or Kansas City. See, you know, Missouri. I'm on the Missouri <laughs> side. People always assume Kansas. I'm on the Missouri side. So thank you for clarifying. I mean, coming from Brazil, I never understood how that's possible. Yeah. Like it's basically saying New York City, Montana. Like right. that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I have to explain that to a lot of people. It's right. It's right on the border. You know, it goes both ways. But uh, always wanted to be a baseball player, but realized I guess, and it's probably, you know, just a God thing, the self-awareness at, at a young age was like, listen, the odds, I know what they are. And I'm going to play as long as I can. And I played, you know, small college baseball or whatever, but I knew big leagues and that's not in my future. So how can I stay involved in sports? This is what I love. And from an early age, I'm how like, early, I, how early was probably the self-awareness? like 11, 12, that's 10, good. like young, like we that's have good. videos of me interviewing my brother at his T-ball games <laughs> and, you know, stuff like that. I would listen you know at night the royals are playing on the west coast i would have my little radio under my covers like listening to the late games and i'd always be you know listening to different broadcasters and so you know growing up i'd be playing the video games on my computer 
We did not have speakers or a sound card, so I would be broadcasting. So I knew from an early age that's what I wanted to do, and uh, I, I'm thankful that I kind of, you know, God kind of gave me that that vision early on because I've never really had that question of like, what do I, what kind of job do I want to have yeah. someday? That's been it. Who are who are some of the broadcasters back then that really impacted you? So uh, Gus Johnson is a guy who was a kid I absolutely loved. And he was at, back then doing NCAA tournament games. And it seemed like every game was a buzzer beater. Every game was high intensity and he was just going crazy. And that kind of excitement, he and Kevin Harlan, another one who's also a very yeah. excitable yeah. broadcaster. Uh, those are two guys that I absolutely loved growing up. And uh, I'm sure they, they've impacted just the way I call games and stuff. Yeah. Uh, just the sheer excitement that they bring to it. Like I, I try to, or like to think that I kind of, you know, try to do that as well. Yeah. How, how was life back in Kansas city? Right. Um, Careful. And, um, and how was your family life and what, what was your, did you have brothers and sisters and how did that shape you now to, to become a broadcaster? Yeah. So a younger uh, sister, three years, younger brother, six years, younger, um, you know, I, family that was just very involved in, in sports, but also just in, in being well-rounded. We were all homeschooled almost the entire okay. way through our, our family. And so we spent a, you know, a lot of time together, took a lot of trips together, field trips. My parents did a great job trying to you know, make us well-rounded people, uh, being involved in as many different things as we could. And I think that gave me a, a good outlook and a good perspective on, on then coming back to sports sometimes. And I had a tendency and it's probably still do you know, to take it that it's like, that is it. Like that is all that matters right now. And they tried to introduce us to a lot of other things yeah. that kind of helped give some balance to us, but grew up in, you know, in a Christian home and a great, great family. Um, and, and they kind of just give, gave me that. I think when you grow up in a situation like that, you have um, kind of a, a confidence or a peace where there's not a lot of turmoil. And so you, you kind of grow up confident in the decisions that you're making and you feel like even if something goes wrong here I know I've got my family and they've got my back and they're encouraging me and whether it's taking a broadcasting job in Fargo North Dakota which I which I did for a while or, or whatever they're like okay let's go for it like we've got you like you can do this and, and so that that was just huge I think throughout my life kind of feeling yeah. like okay I, I can do this. What, what were some of the lessons that you learned from your parents that, that you still carry with you now? Uh, I think hard work is, is a huge one, especially for my dad. He would get up, you know, I remember uh, mornings where he would get up, I think at like five, five thirty in the morning. And I would, I'd see him out, you know, at the kitchen table, reading his Bible uh, before he would go into work. And he would, he worked actually like longer hours because his job would give him every other Friday off. And so on those Fridays, mm. he would spend with us and take us on field trips and do things like that. And so seeing like kind of the two sides of that, like he works really hard. He grinds like every day. He doesn't complain about it. And then he does that with the purpose of being with us and with the purpose of spending time with us. And that's important to him. And we see that. And, you know, so many people have the stories of their parents traveling to games all over the place and driving them everywhere. Same thing with my parents. You know, my mom would be out in our in our field in the front of the house, hitting me ground balls every day and stuff like that. You know, so yeah. things like that. Uh, those are the things that I remember, and you know, hopefully, I've been able to take some of those. And now with kids of my own, uh, can try to impart some of those yeah. things to them. What did your dad do? So he worked kind of in in telecommunications, so a okay. lot of like phone work and things like that. Yeah, not sports broadcasting. Yeah. That that was totally out of left field. <laughs> so then you played baseball all your life. You went to Evangel, yeah. played yeah. played there. 
Yeah. Um, and then what was next? And what at what point did you become a pumpkin farmer? <laughs> okay, so uh, after I played at Evangel, and got to put that in quotes, I, I was around. I didn't play a whole lot, but I played there. Out of college, got a broadcasting job. I was a TV sports anchor in Tyler, Texas for two years. Well, Have you ever had uh, Stanley's Famous Barbecue at Tyler, not, Texas? Oh. I have not had Stanley's. It's the best barbecue I've ever had. Well, I wasted County, two years. Apparently, sorry. I wasted two years. County Smoke here in Lynchburg it's is yeah. out of this planet. Yeah. But before County Smoke, it was, um, yeah, Stanley's Famous Barbecue. Okay. Probably. Well, and I've had – Kansas City's kind of a barbecue town, true, too. So true. I've had some good barbecue. But no, That's apparently, true. I wasted my time. You wasted Tyler your time. I missed yes. it out. <laughs> uh, but during that time, I was dating my wife. She was at college. Okay. She was back at, at Evangel. So that was a tough kind of two years. Got done there said, I don't want to stay here any longer. I'm being a little bit, maybe overconfident. I'm like, I'll just go get another job. I got a job straight out of college. I'll just go get another one. It was not an ideal time to find jobs. So there were none. So we moved back to Kansas city. We're struggling. I don't rec. I tell people all the time. I don't recommend getting married with no job lined up. That's not always a great plan, but there's a family that had a big farm and they planted 10 acres of pumpkins. And they were like, we need someone, we didn't really have a plan here. We need someone to help us pick these pumpkins. And there's no like easy way to do that. You're not like jumping in the combine and getting <laughs> pumpkins. So my wife and I just married, move out to this little farmhouse and like dawn till dusk every day for a few months, we're in the fields. She's cutting the pumpkins. I'm hauling them back to a trailers and we we're pumpkin farmers. And I remember that is unbelievable. Yeah. I remember laying in, in bed one night thinking like, what have I done? Like, what have I done with my life? I was on TV talking about sports and now I'm working at a pumpkin farm. I'm like, is my wife, why is she putting up with this? Like yeah. she might just walk out the door. Like, well, who would, who would want this as their life? But it was actually looking back on it now. Uh, we talk about it a lot. It was a really cool time, you know, yeah. when you it took, married. It took me a lot of so, uh, selling on my in-laws that I was going to be a graduate assistant right after yeah. we got oh, married. Oh, I bet. You yeah. know, I can imagine, hey, I want to marry your daughter and we're going to be pumpkin <laughs> farmers. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't mention that earlier. Yeah, we kind of <laughs> waited till we sealed the deal before before that all came to be. But now nah, looking back, it's one of those things where it was hard in the moment. But those were really, really cool times to spend that much time together and yeah. work together. And, and we're glad we did it. I bet. That's great. Um, and then how do you bridge that gap between pumpkin farming and now Liberty? What, what other well, stops did you have? Yeah. So did the pumpkin farming. Did I worked some for the Kansas City Royals, giving tours of their stadium. Got a job with like a, a software company for a little bit. That So here's, here's, here's my thing. I can usually talk my way through an interview. All right. Like that's a strength. Yeah. So I got hired at this software company. They asked me at the interview, do you know what we do? <laughs> and I didn't know what they did, but somehow we still managed to kind of get through there. So I worked there for a while and I'm all this time trying to get back into broadcasting. Finally get a call from Fargo, North Dakota. They, they've got a job like, okay, let's do this. My wife is on board. I'm like, if that just, again, speaks to how awesome she is that, you know, Fargo, a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't go for. So went up there for six months. While we're there, back in Springfield, Missouri, where we went to college, uh, I get a call like, hey, we have a job opening, sports anchor, you need to apply. I did. It worked out. We went there for three years. Great being back, you know, where we went yeah. to school. Um, that was kind of coming to a close. And I'm looking and I see just randomly some Twitter account that I happened to follow. It was like, sports anchor, Liberty University. I was like, 
I've kind of heard of Liberty. It's like, all I knew was DC talk went there. That was the one thing I knew. And I thought it was somewhere around DC. Uh, so I get in touch with them. It turned out the guy that was kind of in charge of hiring or a big part of it had gone to our little college of Angel University. Oh. So that was an in right away. And they were launching this TV show, which at the time was called Game On. And uh, things just kind of lined up and it worked out perfectly. And we actually had my son 10 days before we were in the U-Haul driving <laughs> to Lynchburg. So we all had to work out some details there. We had to like induce early. So he, we got him That's out crazy. so we could drive across the country <laughs> and start at Liberty. But it all worked out in the end. That's crazy. Um, now I have a, a very important question. At okay. what point, and maybe did you use the Kansas City Royals mascot as a uh, reference for any of those jobs that you ended up getting? I don't know if I did, but yeah, that was how was, you've done your research. That's good. <laughs> I, that was one of my jobs uh, in late high school, early college. Not the mascot. Not the mascot. Not being the mascot. I was his assistant. So basically assistant what- Assistant to the mascot. Assistant to the mascot. <laughs> So what that entailed, a big part, was just telling kids, don't pull his tail. That was huge. So that was like job number one. I had, to, I had to do that. So you'd follow him around. But then I was also involved in all these skits that he would do during the game, right? Okay. Like the Yankees would come to town. I would get a Yankees jersey. They would take a shot of me on the video board and start playing New York, New York. And I would act like your typical obnoxious Yankee fan you know, yelling at people. And meanwhile, the mascot would be sneaking up with a huge bucket of water and oh, you know, wow. things like that. You know, nice. I would do those kind of skits on the field or whatever. And it was, I mean, I've had some great jobs. That was probably the most fun job I've ever had. And at the end of the night, in the ninth inning, you could go to the concession stand and take all the extra chicken fingers that they hadn't sold. And so I ate really, really well in that job. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's good. Tough to beat. Yeah. I, I also heard about there was a hot dog explosion problem at some point. Oh, yeah. That, so that was, that was my low moment in that <laughs> job. So, yeah, one of the things you do every game, and you've seen it places, they have the big hot dog launcher, right? Yeah. A lot okay. of times people do T-shirts. Well, they had hot dogs. <laughs> it was a gun that looked like a hot dog. You'd shoot hot dogs out to the crowd. Wow. What the crowd didn't know is like you'd shoot them in like the sixth inning. Like I got them like two and a half hours before. So they were cold and gross, but that was part of the deal. So you'd have to wrap them in like this bubble wrap yeah. to make it shoot well and seal. Okay. Before this game, it was a day game midweek. It was on ESPN. I'm like, this is going to be my moment. Like I know they're going to come out of break, commercial break and take a shot of us standing on the dugout <laughs> shooting these hot dogs. So that's yeah. going to be my chance. My this first is it. Moment, yeah. This is going to be it. And so I'm wrapping these hot dogs pregame, and the mascot I work with is like, I'll try this different way. I think there's a better way you can do that. I'm like, all right, sure, whatever, <laughs> I do it. So we get down there in the dugout. I hand him the gun. I hear doosh, and I'm reaching for other hot dogs, and I hear people kind of boo. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Maybe it didn't fly very far. I hand him, you know, refill the gun, hand it to him again. Doosh everyone's booing like what is going on i hear him yell like what's wrong and then i look and i see this woman in the front row like straining <laughs> hot dog out of her hair like they were just exploding like just hot dog shrapnel everywhere and then i look down we're on the royals dugout and a couple of the pitchers at Grinky's. one of them he looks up and he's like i think you have the pressure turned up too high I'm like Zach, don't worry about it. Just do your job. Yeah. So it fails. We cut it short before they ever come back from commercial. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dragging all this stuff back through the tunnel. And I hear on the stadium speakers, you know, the Royals radio broadcaster comes back and he's like, well, there was a hot dog malfunction in between innings. I'm like, you know, just adding, you know, salt to the wound. 
it was uh, yeah. a low point. Maybe, maybe God was trying to teach you, don't listen to the mascot. Don't listen to the mascot. <laughs> That's rule number one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now, you ended up at Liberty now. Um, yeah. Let's tie it into now with, with faith a little bit. Mm. How, how do you live out your faith as a um, play-by-play announcer or a TV host? Um, how, how does that happen for you? Yeah, well, I think it's a little bit different in each role, right? It looks different. So in our show that we have called Flame Central, we produce, you know, stories on athletes and coaches and and alumni. And so in that, we can be very intentional in telling these stories that a lot of times are stories of faith. You know, I was going through this, you know, my, I leaned on my faith. God really showed me this through the process. And now I've grown and and moved on into a, a, you know, a new stage of life. And, and so we tell a lot of those powerful stories. And so that's easy. You know, as far as the faith side of things is telling those stories and, and and making it very intentional. And, you know, at times I think, and maybe we all have this in the different jobs that we have, you wonder like, am I, am I doing enough? Like, is this enough? Like, you know, should I, should I just go be a missionary? Should I go yeah. do something else? You know, is this, is this, am I giving, doing enough, you know, for Christ? And I think in doing this, like I've kind of learned that, you know, God gifts us all in different ways, right? And, and wherever he, he's kind of called you to be right now, which for me right here is, is, is here at Liberty. Like, I can't, what am I going to say? Like, no, 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 God, you're wrong. I think I can do more for you over here. Well, yeah. no, like he has me where I'm supposed to be. And, and who knows if these stories, maybe they do change a person's life or encourage someone in their faith or introduce yeah. them to God for the first time. And so that's the faith side of it in, in that side of my job. You talk about doing play-by-play and doing games. It's not, it's not the same in that, you know, we're calling games on ESPN mm-hmm. and, and stuff where I can't just turn it into like uh, a touchdown to God be the glory. Right. 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 You're right. You can't, you can't quite go like that far, but I look at it as like the excellence that we do our job in and doing the very best with the gifts and talents God's given us like that kind of in its own way points people to Christ. Right. Yeah. And, and, and even being here at Liberty Christian school, I've told people before, like, I feel like us doing the very best that we can, like maybe somebody sees this broadcast for the first time and they're like, wait a minute, those guys are, they do that at Liberty. Wow. This broadcast is unreal. Like, isn't that not Kevin Harlan? Right. Yeah. Right. I don't think they've ever said that, (laughs) but it's like, wait, isn't that that Christian school? Like they do broadcasts like this and, and by doing things at a really excellent level, I think you show that, you know, that, that, and and again, giving the glory to God. Right. Uh, I think you show like, you're kind of, Hey, God's given us all this. We are going to make the most, uh, with it that we can. And I think that's another way to kind of point people to Christ or introduce them to Christ just in the way that you live and try to do things in an excellent way. True. True. My, my last question is what role do you think your office, um, and media in general plays in training champions for Christ, which is Liberty's mission? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, so in one way, we bring student. A lot of students are involved in what we do, yeah. and so I hope and and the goal is that you're exemplifying a lot of these things we talked about. Kind of like we talked about coaches being authentic yeah. and, and 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 those things. Hopefully, we're showing that to the students that come through here and they leave with with a sense of what that looks like. Um, and then the other way in working with the athletes and coaches, I feel like we're helping. We can help them sometimes in learning how to maybe open up a little bit about their faith. You know, sometimes even being here at Liberty, yeah. people can be a little bit like, uh, I don't know if I want to if I want to share that or I don't know if I haven't really talked about my faith a lot. 
and and by helping to kind of help help them tell their stories they become you know more bold maybe in their faith yeah. or they see the impact that their story can make on people you know we've had we've had athletes even from your team that have shared yeah. really uh serious hard things yeah. that they've gone through some stuff that i didn't even know yeah, yeah. and, and <laughs> to that extent yeah and 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 maybe in the moment they're like i don't know if is this too much i don't know if i should do this but then they start to see the feedback that comes from it. And all these people yep. saying, you know what, I'm going through that right now. Like it's such an encouragement to see, you know, that you've gone through that or you are going through it. Like those type of things, I feel like help them grow in their faith and grow in their boldness as well. When we kind of help them share those stories and, and put them out there for people. So I think those are a couple of ways that we can do that. Well, that's great. Matt, thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. Yeah, Love talking to you. Me. How can we be praying for you? I would just say uh, a big thing. I always think, you know, we're coming out of the summertime and, and heading in, you know, into the fall. Like, just pray that I, I take the time for the important things and set those things aside. You know, I have four little kids and a wife. And when you get in in season, it's, you know, you always have something you can be doing, right? You can yep. always be preparing and doing more. And just that I don't overdo that <laughs> and that I, I make sure I make the time for the important things. Spending time, you know, with God, obviously but making sure that the time I spend with my family is also quality time and not like, okay, I'll give you 30 minutes because I got to get to this other thing. Like that I can really kind of like disconnect from all, all the, the football, all that kind of stuff and focus in on them. That's a huge thing for me. Awesome. All right, let's pray. Let's do it. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you for Matt and his leadership, the media side here at Liberty. You know, thank you that you put him in a position to impact the lives of students, staff, athletes um, and, and listeners and watchers of Liberty's broadcast that you'll be a great testimony to um, of your salvation to anyone that he comes in contact with and that people watch him and, and, and get to know you because of his work, Lord. Pray that now as the season starts getting busy, Lord, that you will um, give him the, the wisdom to, to pursue what matters most, um, Lord, that is um, time with you, time with family that he won't let work get in the way of those things first, Lord. And Lord, thank you again for this conversation. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 What a, what an episode. I loved hearing from Matt, getting to know him. I feel like uh, he's my friend now after hanging out during that podcast. He's authentic and real. Um, but I think about just the, the growing... Uh, influence of media um, through through the videos that that Liberty produces and the faith-based stories they get to tell and I heard that, that he commented and that's really important to, to Matt and um, I, I even just being able to start teaching young student athletes 18 to 22 how to start sharing their faith and and articulate their their story of what God's done in their life um, so I, I love that 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 they're doing that in a, in a beautiful way there at Liberty yeah what I got overall the message was you know, they're not on the field performing the sport, you know, but they're still honoring God by being excellent at their craft, you know, and it's always mostly behind the scenes and the camera work and the prep work and IT and all those things. You can you can see that, you know, even though he's the face on TV, um, you know, he he's using the entire department to to serve Christ in, in, a, in a manner that, you know, that honors him. Um, and just being excellent, everything. And there's that quote, and it comes up over and over again in our podcast of 
you know, the shoemaker, the Christian shoemaker honors God by making the best shoes he can make, not by putting crosses on the shoes. Um, and Matt yeah. does a great job, like, you know, in broadcasting on ESPN, he can't openly share, you know, his, his testimony, uh, you know, on ESPN, but by doing a great job using all of the resources that Liberty gives him, um, allows um, him to, to honor God that way. Yeah, and, and that ties in exactly to how we, we felt called to end every episode in the mission field is right where you're at. You know, yeah. That's uh, just a phrase that came to you and I um, that we just wanted to end every episode with so as people are leaving, whether they are in broadcasting, coaching, um, athletic department, um, wherever they're at in their homes, uh, that they can, they can head out the door and, um, and just see it as a mission field. So uh, for sure, God has him placed where he, where he is there at Liberty and, and every one of you that's listening, God has you placed there for a purpose and a reason heading into this new semester. Uh, we're excited to, to hear the story, share with us some of the stories of how God's using you. We'd be so encouraged to hear, um, hear what's going on in your campuses. For sure. And Chad, this is the last episode of 2021. Um, next time we talk will be the new year. Um, it's been incredible these last two years doing this podcast with you. But in regards to 2022, do you have any goals, personal goals that you want to uh, accomplish? I decided that I'm never doing an Ironman ever again. And so my goal is to run three miles every day in 2022. That's that's the goal. Oh, my goodness. Well, I haven't sat down yet to to craft any goals yet, um, but I'm excited. I love that new year, new perspective and um, choosing some powerful words to, to guide us into the new year. Yeah, for sure. And coach, have a blessed new year. I hope you spend more time with your with your families and friends and that 2022 will, will be a great year for sharing our mission, for sharing our gospel with people who may not believe it yet. And um, but remember, always the mission field is right where you're at.